Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Well, hello there. I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Thanks for listening. Talk About Talk is where we improve our communication skills so we can advance our careers and improve our relationships with everyone around us, including the people we're leading. Welcome to episode number 52. This is the first of two episodes where you'll hear my Zoom interviews with executive coach Heather Stark on the topic of leadership. Today, we focus more generally on communication skills for leaders. And the next episode, number 53, focuses on crisis leadership and leading virtual teams. Whether you're the CEO of a large multinational organization, or perhaps you're leading a small team at work, or maybe you're an entrepreneur who's leading a freelancer or two, The learnings from this episode will help you improve your communication skills and your leadership effectiveness. I promise. Here's how the episode will unfold. After I provide you with some brief context on leadership, I'll introduce Heather Stark and we'll get right into the interview. As usual, I'll summarize the main learnings at the end of the podcast. I have to tell you, when I edited this episode and I looked through the transcript, I realized we get through a lot in this interview and very quickly. It's like rapid fire the whole way. But don't worry, I'll summarize everything at the end. And as always, you can easily access the printable summary in the show notes on the Talk About Talk website. First then, let's start by defining leadership. What is leadership? Leadership means motivating a group toward a common goal. That's it, really. Seems simple enough, doesn't it? Well, no. If it was so easy, then CEOs wouldn't be paid so much and we would not see leadership catastrophes. But there's one thing about this definition that I want to point out before we move on. Leadership is defined as motivating a group toward a common goal. That's really all about communication, right? There's the motivating people part, that's definitely communication, and there's the common goal part. If it's common, then it must be clearly and consistently communicated, right? In a recent Harvard Business Review article by Nancy Duarte, yes, the same Nancy Duarte who we learned about in a recent Talk About Talk podcast with Andrew Musselman on creating compelling presentations, it was Nancy Duarte who created the visually compelling slides for An Inconvenient Truth. That Nancy Duarte. Anyway, she wrote a recent HBR article called Good Leadership is About Communicating Why. And that is exactly the point. Great leaders are great communicators. Full stop. Okay then, let me introduce our guest. Heather Stark is a certified professional coach, a member of the International Coaches Federation, and the founder and president of Stark Coaching. She earned her BA in psychology and sociology from the University of Manitoba and her MBA from Harvard Business School. Prior to establishing her coaching practice, Heather was a senior executive of a change management firm working with many Fortune 500 companies to enhance decision-making, leadership, and to build culture to maximize success. Heather combines her formal education and her 25 plus years of business experience to help individuals and organizations navigate uncertainty and excel. Most recently, Heather developed a series of virtual workshops and coaching sessions to help her clients develop a sustainable virtual culture, to lead remote and mixed teams, to improve communication with a communication playbook, to hire and onboard new talent, and to forge their path to re-entry. Thank you so much, Heather, for joining us here today to talk about communication skills for leaders. It's great to be here, Andrea. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, let's get right into it. Can you tell us what are some of the most important communication skills for leaders? 
Well, I think right off the bat, one of the most important things is the ability to listen. And when I say the ability to listen, to really make people feel seen and heard and to be listening with the intent to hear and learn from what somebody is saying. Also humanizing the communication. So using some empathy, having that ability to listen for the emotion behind the words that people are saying. And then being really clear with what you're going to say setting clear goals for the conversation so that people feel like there's a purpose for what the communication is, being inclusive, again, especially now, so that people feel like they're part of the bigger piece, and being collaborative, which goes back to listening so that you can really get the people that you need and get their feedback. And planning ahead, you know, so that you don't go into a situation without knowing what you're gonna say. You know, you can be on the fly every once in a while, but when you have a big moment, Finding those anchors to help you through those big moments. And then another very important piece is knowing who you are as a leader and really being able to use your authentic voice. What I mean by that is knowing who you are, what is important to you, what you value, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, even what gives you energy and what de-energizes you. Because all of these things go into making you able to come across as being more confident. And it helps you be more aware of what the nonverbal cues are that you may be giving to other people. Having that really strong sense of who you are as a leader is also a very key part of being a great communicator as a leader. It's interesting from this list, I'm thinking, you know, for example, listening would apply to anyone at any level. And of course, particularly a leader. But as you went through the list, it dawned on me that some of them are even more important for leaders. And that authenticity point, your last point in particular, I think people, when they're not quite in leadership positions yet, it's okay to conform to the group, right? But once you're the leader, you need to be more authentic to your true identity. You need to create an identity and then communicate it. How do leaders do that? You know, I think it's a real mixture of things. Almost everybody that is at a leadership position has at some point taken, you know, some sort of assessment that tells them, you know, what color they are or which way they speak or, you know, what their strengths are and what their general weaknesses are. I use a strengths assessment that gets to the next level, which talks about how people use their energy and things, which really helps leaders understand what things they're going to be doing that are going to make them feel great at the end. And they're going to come across as really, really comfortably and which things they are going to have to work a little bit harder at, or they're going to feel a little bit less energized by, and therefore it might show up when they're talking or when they're, when they're leading teams. And, you know, for those kind of situations, I get them to have an energy sandwich where when you're really aware of what works and what doesn't work for you. And if you know, for example, that you're going to be spending all day asking people, how are you doing through this crisis? You know, what's going on with you? How are you feeling? If you think that at the end of the day, you're going to feel really tired. Well, maybe you can't do 10 of those one-on-ones with people back to back. Maybe you're going to have to do something that's going to energize you in between those conversations so that you can show up. And so when you know what your strengths are, even what your weaknesses are, when you know what's really important to you, it does shine through and it makes it easier for you to use the voice that shows your confidence. It also makes it easier for you to adapt because you start knowing, well, I'm going to need a little support when I adapt in this way. And I'm going to need to bring in this team member to help me in this particular area because I know that that's not my area of strength. And that's not a weakness to understand who you are. That is a real strength. And so when you understand 
what works for you as a communicator and what doesn't work for you as a communicator. That's how you're going to really shine. So you use the term energy sandwich, which I haven't heard before, but I get it right away. And we have talked in previous episodes about giving feedback with the proverbial poop sandwich, right? And it's like, (laughs) you start with a strength and then here's the opportunity that you need to work on. And then, oh, by the way, everybody loves you because of whatever. But the energy sandwich is about kind of doing that with yourself. So figuring out what you love to do, what drives your energy, and then maybe alternating that with things that may expel energy or take too much negative energy out of yourself. And I, I love that. That's a great yeah, way of managing it's, it's your day. Really important. It's a good reminder for people because sometimes at the end of the day, and I mean, especially now with Zoom fatigue, well, as a leader, you've got you've to shine somehow. Somehow you've still got to show people how to move forward. And it can be really exhausting. I don't talk about energy as kind of a airy-fairy thing. I talk about it as something that you use all the time when you're connecting with people. And that ability to connect as a leader, it can be really tiring sometimes if it's not the way that you're comfortable connecting with. But as a leader, you've got to be adapting to the way other people connect as well. And maybe you have to use a medium of communication that's not your preferred medium to really connect with somebody. So you've got to be able to find a way to feed yourself so that you can go out and then share of yourself with other people. So I love your point about energy. And it it actually reminds me of, in a recent podcast interview, negotiations and emotions expert Tatiana Astray said that if you initiate a negotiation or even an interaction with a signal of enthusiasm, Mm. then the other person will automatically have a positive response to you. And I, I feel like you're basically communicating that you have energy to give to this interaction. So... It kind of links nicely there. At the beginning, when I asked you what the most important communication skills are for leaders, you started with listening. Why is it so hard for us to listen? (laughs) You know, I I think because it, it, it takes real intent to listen. So when I talk about being a strong listener, it's going beyond downloading and listening for what you already know. That's the first stage of listening that most of us follow. We download what we already know. We go, check. Yeah, I knew that. And we're sort of agreeing with ourselves. When you go beyond that and you listen for the emotion, when you listen to what the person is actually trying to share with you, but when you're watching for the nonverbal cues, when you're listening to the tone, the inflection, that requires engaged, empathic, and what I also call generative listening. You're listening to what that person is actually trying to impart to you, both with what the words they're saying and also the language that they're using, the cues that they're using, all the things that they're bringing to it. Then you can actually go to the stage of generative listening where you're actually helping to think together in a more collaborative way and move forward. I I love your description of the stages of listening, right? So not just validating what you already know, but looking for other cues and then the generative listening, which I can imagine is very critical for effective leadership because one of your main objectives is to hire the right people and then to motivate them to make the decisions for the organization. And if you have a generative collaborative relationship with them where you're truly listening to their ideas and then building better ideas together, that that sounds ideal. One more thing before we move on, I just wanted to to ask you to elaborate a little bit on your, your second point about humanizing. And it sounds like it's related, right? Like you're really looking for the customized individual cues. This is a very important part as a coach is understanding when somebody says, you know, oftentimes, you know, how are you? I'm great or I'm okay. 
or I'm fine. And you can hear the lilt at the end. So you're not fine. So there's something we're going to find out during the conversation that is leading you to not be completely fine right now. And fine is a reflexive word as opposed to actual information. And so learning to discount some of those things too, when people just reflexively answer, I'm okay, or I'm good. And getting to that next level of, you know, what's actually going on with you. Because really, you know, leadership and communication is a tool to help bring out the best potential in people. So as a coach, that's, that's my tagline, you know, helping people reach their maximum potential. As a leader, that's what you can do through communication is help people be their better self. And so if you're really listening in a generative way, if you're listening in an empathic way, if you're listening for those cues that can help you move your team forward and, and yourself as well. So let's move on then to what do you think are some of the biggest or most common mistakes that leaders make in terms of their communication? There's also the ability to be agile as a leader. And if you don't have that adaptability, then that can impact you because being able to shift and to be able to change your communication style to fit the needs of the situation. You know, so you're not stymied when you come into a situation that's really challenging that you can go, okay, this is going to be a difficult situation. I think I need to pivot the way I'm approaching my team. I think I need to pivot the way the organization is receiving its information so that you can be thinking ahead. And so you have good people around you that help you and give you feedback on how you're communicating as well. And you take that feedback. That openness to learning about yourself is really important. So I think that for many leaders, this is something that happens is you say it and it's done. It's been communicated. I've had a situation with founders of organizations where they've been in a mode where they've been selling basically the vision of the organization for funding. And, you know, now they've got a bigger team in place and they're, you know, wondering, you know, I had one that was wondering, you know, why things aren't getting done. I, I don't feel like people are really getting what's supposed to happen. And really there was a missing step. There was a gap. So there was the vision for where the organization was supposed to go, you know, five years out. And then there was the day-to-day -day tactical stuff that needed to happen. And so instead of having that intermediary step so that there's a purpose, you know, to the communication, so that people feel that they're working towards something, there was um, this sort of gray zone and people weren't sure, you know, how they were connecting the vision to what they were doing on a day-to-day. -day. And so really being aware that not everybody's in your head, that, you know, you can be great at selling your vision of your organization, that's an important skill but you also need to take it into a way that's translatable for people so that they have a goal, they have goals, they have annual goals, quarterly goals, weekly goals if they need, so that they, they know what they're working on and what their purpose is. And this, this relates to meetings as well, so that there's a clear plan so that people come in knowing what the agenda is, so that when you're talking about things, there is an end goal. Otherwise, people are kind of guessing. And when people start guessing about what you want as a leader, there's going to be mistakes. Yeah. So that's, that's a disconnect that I've found often. I, I've heard of many leaders getting into trouble because they are promoted because of their visionary perspective, but then they sometimes end up failing as a leader because of the lack of implementation. And I was going to ask you, how do you clarify with your staff to make sure that they know what to do? And I, I guess the easy answer is to hire the direct reports, the vice presidents and the directors that make that happen for you. But aside from that, how do you personally ensure clarity to the message? I mean, I talk about you know, something I do with a lot of teams, which is moving from vision to practical reality. And so it's a matter of realizing that this vision is great, 
but how are we actually going to make this happen on a day-to-day basis and taking it and doing strategic planning and setting strategic goals for your organization so that there is clarity, there is purpose. Just like I talk about having anchors when you're going to be giving a very important conversation, a goal is like an anchor so that people can look out and go, oh, this is connected to, you know, reaching a 10% growth in sales this year. This is why we're talking about this particular situation right now. It, it occurred to me as you, as you were saying that it's not just sharing with the team what you're doing, but it's also why and even how. Yes, yes. If goals are made in a vacuum and the reason for the goals isn't shared with the, with the employees, if they can feel really disconnected. And you know, especially as you trickle down, uh, you know, as the leader maybe of the entire organization, you're not going to be able to touch every single individual in the organization. That's an important factor for you to understand. You're not going to be able to, maybe if you're in a larger organization, actually have conversations with each one of them. But you can set things up so that there's a great trickle-down effect so that you communicate with your team. Your team then communicates with their teams and so on. So it goes down through the organization so there's a clear message throughout the organization. And you know, not feeling connected to the overall message of the organization is, is a way of things fragmenting. Yeah, I've been, in, I've been in organizations where that has happened and, and it's ended up as a catastrophe, basically. So, yeah. so I think that's, that's a really important point is making sure that everybody on your team, even if you aren't interacting with them directly, understands clearly what their purpose is. And that right. could be a fatal flaw of a leader who perhaps has set a fantastic vision, back to your previous point, but then is not translating that with the how and the why Are there any other specific communication skills that come to mind in terms of things that limit managers' promotability into leadership positions or that may halt their status as a leader? Back to the communication culture uh, connection. I'm going to just touch on that for a moment. In an organization, you've got the overall culture of the organization that you want. Then you have the actual culture of the organization that's happening. And then you have these microcultures within an organization where the marketing team has their values and their ways that they deal with each other, or maybe little friend groups. And then each individual brings their individual culture, their values, their priorities, their norms, what's important to them. And so sometimes what happens is that an individual that's been having trouble moving up within the organization, they might not be fitting exactly with maybe the microculture within which they're working. So maybe their communication style is a little bit different than everybody else's. So sometimes a way of helping them is you know, to bring in a coach or to bring in a mentor and give them very specific feedback about what people are seeing with them. So doing a 360 on them so that they can understand you know, what it is when they're saying that people aren't getting. Yeah, that's great. You've actually started to answer what I was going to ask as um, my next question, which is, how do people develop communication skills that they've been told they're lacking? So I can imagine someone going to an annual performance review and hearing that they've maybe got great people skills and definitely great technical skills, but they're lacking in communication skills. So what should they do and how do you identify what the actual communication skill is? I think that like many things, feedback can be very vague. You know, if you've been told that you're a poor communicator, go back to the person that gave you that feedback and ask, can you give me some specific examples? If you have specific examples, if you have an understanding, you've got something to work with. So getting that specific feedback, I think, is the very important first step. 
And then, you know, asking for help, you know, asking for a mentor, asking for a coach, asking for, you know, having a buddy, you know, you know, I, I think it's great to have a buddy that you're working with. Maybe some of it's on the same level as you. I had somebody that had somebody that they really respected that was on the same level as them. And they were in a lot of meetings together. You know, she asked for feedback from that person so that, you know, she could learn. And in order to do that, there has to be an openness to learn about yourself too. Okay, that is all great advice for leaders and future leaders about how to optimize their communication skills. Is there anything else you want to add before we move on to the five rapid fire questions? You know, Andrew, I think the most important part is just being really intentional. Any of my clients will tell you, I talk about intention, you know, going through life, really being present in the moment. And it's the same thing when you're communicating with other people, you know, know yourself, show up as yourself, be present, listen, ignite that light so that people really feel like they're being heard by you and move forward in a way that you feel like you are connecting with people, engaging with people, you know, smile, being open. Actually, you know, one thing I didn't talk about is, you know, having that courage, you know, when I talk about being an authentic leader and using your authentic voice, it actually takes a lot of courage to lead in that way and to, you know, use empathy to share with yourself, make yourself a little bit vulnerable. You know, that is something that really helps people connect with you. And that connection is what's going to really help you when you're trying to motivate people. And when you're trying as a leader to bring out the best in people, bring out people's full potential, these are the kind of things that are going to help you build the strongest teams and the strongest organizations. Absolutely. So I, I heard two sort of meta themes in that answer. So one is just engaging and being mindful which is absolutely critical, right? And then the other thing is the authenticity and the vulnerability. If we can check those off, we'd all be brilliant communicators, wouldn't we? Yes, we would. (laughs) Okay, are you ready for the five rapid fire questions? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, first question. What are your pet peeves? Okay, so this is one that my kids laugh at. I, you know, it really bugs me when somebody drives really slowly in the fast lane on the highway, that far left lane drives me nuts. Um, and, and then also when people don't listen and I live in a house full of boys, so that happens a lot. <laughs> I am with you on both counts. Okay, next question. What type of learner are you? You know, I would say that I'm a combination, mostly a visual learner. And I think part of that is because I really do connect by looking at the whole person and seeing what they're doing as well as what they're saying. But also that listening piece, I I think I have those auditory cues that are really important to me as well. So those are the two main ways. Question number three, introvert or extrovert? Yeah, (laughs) definitely an extrovert. (laughs) I like to connect with others. So, you know, what I'm doing for a living is the perfect thing. (laughs) That's great. I knew you'd have a good answer for that one because you were talking about managing your energy, right? Oh, yeah. Do you get energy from meeting with your clients? Absolutely. Okay, next question. What is your communication preference for personal conversations? Yeah, so I think for me, it's basically text and phone. So with family, it's phone all the way. And with close friends, it's usually a text and picking up the phone as quickly as possible. I like to connect on the phone and hear somebody's voice, you know, but if I'm in a hurry, I'll text, you know, just sort of to get a placeholder for a conversation. Last question. Is there a podcast, a blog, or an email newsletter that you recommend the most lately? Uh, Well, besides talk about talk, I, I would say, 
you know, I took this course a long time ago um, through the Greater Good um, Science Center, and they stand out is through UC Berkeley, and they send out this great newsletter. And I found that recently I've been, you know, trying to read a lot about, you know, how to sort of uplift, you know, myself, my family, my clients, and I find that they give great tips on not just on how adults can move forward and be grateful and sort of build um, gratitude and happiness, you know, into their lives for kids, for teenagers, for adults. So I, I, I really find that that is the science of happiness. And I find that you know, reading about happiness actually makes me happy. And I also took a course for Yale that uh, Dr. Lori Santos, uh, you know, she has a blog. And I, I just find reading that is really helpful. It just gives me ideas and, and a different way of thinking about things and moving forward in a positive way um, to the happiness lab. So, you know, there's a theme for me. I like to read about happiness because <laughs> uh, I find it really renewing for me. Well, those both sound like great recommendations and I'll be sure to get the details so I can put the links in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to add? Just thank you very much for having me. Uh, this has been really great. And, you know, as per me being uh, the person that gets energized from these kind of conversations, I'm feeling really energized. It was really great to speak with you. Me too. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you. There's a lot to digest in this interview, isn't there? I warned you it was dense. Heather definitely knows her stuff. As promised, I'm now going to summarize the main points we covered in this episode. And again, you can find a succinct two-page summary and the transcript in the show notes on the Talk About Talk website. First, I'm going to go through the number one most important communication skill for leaders. Then I'll list some suggestions for what you can do if you have reason to believe your communication skills may be holding you back in terms of your leadership. Then I'll briefly list all of the various communication skills that Heather highlighted in our conversation. Are you ready? Okay. Heather started by stating that the number one most important communication skill for leaders is listening. And for what it's worth, I completely agree. Heather elaborated on listening with the various stages or levels, which is a very insightful way of thinking about our listening skills. We should challenge ourselves to advance to the next stage of listening. The first level is simple downloading or listening to what you already know. This is also known as passive listening. The next level is listening with intent and empathy, focusing. And then the ultimate stage of listening is generative listening. And that means listening with intent and empathy and then collaborating. This is critical for leaders. I also loved how Heather highlighted that effective listening means not only looking at nuance like tone and body language, but also learning what to discount. Like when someone says, I'm good or I'm fine. That means nothing. Or it could even mean that things are not okay. A generic or default comment like, I'm fine, is an example of something that good listeners will discount. Okay, so the number one communication skill for leaders is listening. Of course, there are many other important communication skills that we'll get into in a minute. But first, let me summarize what you can do if you have reason to believe your communication skills may be holding you back in terms of being recognized as a leader in your organization. I asked Heather this question, what should we do if we've been told we need to improve our communication skills? Heather outlined several suggestions. First, we should ask for specifics about what communication skills are lacking. Is it our presentation skills or is it in smaller meetings and not knowing when or how to contribute? The first thing to determine is what specific communication skills you should work on. Heather suggested that you could formally ask for help. Ask for a mentor from inside your organization or an external coach like Heather. 
She also suggested that if there's someone in your organization that you respect and trust, you could ask them to buddy up with you, to provide you with feedback after meetings or other interactions. I would also add that recording yourself and listening or watching yourself later helps immensely. So if you're running a Zoom meeting, it's super easy. Just hit record. Of course, you need to make sure that the meeting participants all know you're recording it. Or if you're giving a formal presentation in an auditorium, set up a video camera and watch yourself later. If you're running an in-person meeting at a boardroom table, you could record the meeting and then listen to it later. I can tell you as a podcaster who edits my own podcast, there's no faster way to improve your communication skills than by listening to yourself. Okay, let's move on then to specific communication skills. Heather started by highlighting the significance of listening and particularly generative listening. She also shared many, many other important communication skills. So I took some time and I combined them into five categories. The first is authenticity and knowing yourself. This requires two things, self-awareness and courage. You need to know yourself and then share yourself, make yourself a little vulnerable. This means knowing who you are, what's important to you, what you value, what your strengths and weaknesses are, even what gives you energy. Heather and I talked about when managers aren't quite in leadership positions yet, it seems more acceptable and possibly even expected that they'll conform to the group. But once you're the leader, you need to be more authentic to your true identity. You need to create an identity and then communicate it. And when you get to that leadership position, that also means having good people around you that help you and give you feedback on how you're communicating. You know, not just the great job, boss. Okay, the second communication skill in terms of leadership is being proactive. Part of being proactive is using your energy effectively, which I just mentioned. I really love this point. This can be related to whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. Heather highlighted how different people, different communication media, and I would say even different topics may energize you or they may deplete your energy. If you know this about yourself, then you can proactively manage your schedule so you alternate between being energized and expending energy. Heather calls this an energy sandwich. What a great tip for all of us in proactively managing our days. Being a proactive leader also means planning and preparing, not just for big presentations, but also for everyday meetings, knowing what the main points are that need to be communicated. And this relates to the next point, being inclusive. Being inclusive means connecting and being collaborative, which goes back to listening. Being inclusive also means setting clear goals for the organization and for all of our interactions. We're talking about purpose here. Heather reminded us that not everyone's in our head, so we have to be clear and explicit. We need to be clear and explicit about each person's purpose, not just sharing what we're doing, but also why and even how. That means all conversations, whether you're communicating with your direct reports, an audience, meeting attendees, whatever it is, so that people understand their purpose. We can do this by anchoring our message with points that we strategically and proactively identify. Of course, this requires that you, as a leader, are being intentional and mindful. And this is skill number four. It makes sense that great leaders are fully engaged in every interaction, not just when they're delivering a speech, but even when they're walking past someone in the hallway or in a meeting. They have a huge impact. Great leaders are focused on the present and they live in the moment. The fifth and last skill is being agile. Having that ability to pivot has always been important for leaders. 
but these days it's even more so. Have you noticed how everyone's talking about pivoting and agility? We'll get into this in the next episode, number 53, which focuses on leading through crises and managing virtual teams. Okay, that is it for this episode. I hope you found this summary helpful. Thanks again to Heather Stark for generously sharing her expertise. We'll be back in the next episode, as I said, to focus on crisis leadership and leading virtual teams. Until then, I strongly encourage you to sign up for the Talk About Talk email blog, where you'll get free weekly communication skills coaching from me, including insights from the podcast, some behind the scenes stuff, and more, all delivered directly to your email inbox. Just go to talkabouttalk.com or email me directly and I'll add you to the list. As always, I'd love to hear what you think about this episode, any ideas you have for future episodes, or anything else. You can email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. Thanks for listening and talk soon.